You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And we also just launched our new merch. I'm wearing my Zach Pack official pullover sweater. It's a university sweater because I know we're all out there studying the Girardi case. We're studying anytime there's a housewife scandal, we're studying deep like we're Al Woods. If you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope you are sipping on some fizzy housewives inspired rosé for yourself, packing a punch at 14% alcohol by volume but less than a gram of sugar. You can hold it Head over to nofilterwine.com to stock up. It is delicious. If you have a Bravo-obsessed friend, you're going to want to give them some of this for the holidays because they're going to love you and they're going to be Liddy City. And you guys are just going to have a good time together. So head over to nofilterwine.com. That's nofilterwine.com. Okay, today's guest is sure to spill some major Girardi tea. Not only did she work at Girardi Keys, but she's currently working with the Rui Gomez family to take down Tom. Please welcome in studio, Miss Kimberly Archie. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Hanging in there considering. Considering there's a lot that's been going on. How... Like, how are you processing all this? I mean, I love the daily Twitter updates of, you know, haters are just fans. It keeps me sane because, as you know, we both get a lot of haters on Twitter. How are you staying sane through everything? Yeah, it, it just goes back to sense of humor. You know, that's what me and Kathy, for those who don't know, Kathy Ragomez is my childhood best friend. And she was also in The Housewife and the Hustler on Hulu about the Girardi fraud. And uh, so her and I just used a lot of humor to stay as sane as possible. We're not really sane. I mean, when the the trolls say you're crazy, yeah, well, obviously. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I don't know if either of us is as crazy as some of these trolls, though, because they're a little intense. (laughs) They're very, very intense. And I mean, when you combined football fans, Bravo fans, uh, a lot can be going on. Yeah. So let's start with your history with Girardi Keese. So you actually used to work at Girardi Keese. What was your role there? So um, I wasn't a Girardi Keese employee per se. So um, I didn't have an office at in the office building or anything like that. Um, I initially worked with Tom indirectly through another lawyer in the beginning. Uh, And then that's how I worked on the NFL brain injury case. And I got to know Tom during that time, as well as helping Kathy with her case on her side of it. I began to get to know everybody at Jordy Keese. And then I worked with Tom directly for seven years as a legal consultant, litigation consultant, some people call it, um, and basically did, you know, my expert work. Uh, I've worked on dozens of sports injury cases as a liability expert, primarily cheerleading, gymnastics, and dance, Um, but also um, the U.S. soccer case that took headers out of soccer. A lot of people have heard about that Mm because it was kind of controversial. So I helped write the legal arguments for mediation to get the defendants to agree to take headers out of soccer and count headers for kids. 11 to 13, which was huge because it's the first time that we've counted or limited hits for children in sports. So kind of like pitches in baseball. Yeah. But we all kind of know like hits would be a bigger problem repetitively than throwing because, you know, like in fourth grade science, we learn hits (laughs) greater than motion. But anyway, so those are some of the type of cases that I worked on. Okay. And that was my focus with Tom was sports stuff. So you weren't like a secret sniper from the side trying to take him down. Me and Kathy had no idea what we were walking into at the time. I mean, we bought into the Aaron Brockovich movie and that, you know, Tom was this great lawyer who had taken on PG&E. I mean, that's who blew up her front yard and killed eight people. And the San Bruno gas explosion is the same company 
that Tom took on that is portrayed in the Aaron Brockovich movie. So it kind of makes sense when you think about it that he collected over a billion dollars from PG&E prior to the Regomez's hiring him. So when did you become keen to all of these settlements that weren't being paid out to clients? Well, Kathy started sharing things with me over the years, just stuff that she had read online. But most of the things were kind of fringe, you yeah. know, so they just sounded off the wall. And just like how Erica threw out, um, you know, when someone asked her on some show, you know, what about the lawsuits or whatever? Well, you know, yeah. we're well known. We get sued a lot. I mean, which, those aren't really which, abnormal answers that there yeah. is some truth to that. And so initially... We were just more like, hey, we should keep an eye on this. This is right. kind of weird. Um, there's a lot of them, but none of them ever added up. So that was the difficult part. So until Tom stopped paying them what he was supposed to or what he had agreed to do, we're just really on standby. Yeah. Right. You know, and then when that happens, then you also have to, okay, now you got to figure out what to do. Yeah. Now you got to have the evidence because the thing that we did learn looking at these other kind of obscure cases or cases that weren't all linked together before was that they didn't have the evidence. Like they knew he did it, but they didn't have proof. Right. And so how do you sue somebody without proof? And especially a badass lawyer right. who's going to be able to defend themselves and what most people don't know is that if you don't hand over discovery in litigation, then, you know, the judge is going to come after the attorney and sanction them. But they don't have to turn over their records. So you right. still don't have the proof. So even if you'd settle or go away or, or whatever the case may be, there's still no proof. So all these things that we look back on, we didn't still didn't have any proof. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. We had to get proof in Kathy's case in order to do anything about it. And then you got to find a lawyer who's willing to sue to go up against Tom, Tom yeah. who people aren't going to laugh at. Like, yeah. we didn't want to be laughed at. We don't want people to be like, oh. You didn't want to hire Ronald Richards? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, Ronald probably would have done it for sure. Yeah. Anything or the limelight. Yeah. Thirstylawyers.com. So There's, when did you, you know, leave Girardi Keys? Or like, when did you break off that relationship with Girardi Keys? So on uh, uh, June 26, 2019, we fire Tom. So there's, you know, an official filing of substitution of attorneys for my son's wrongful death case. And then the following day on June 27th is when we filed the Ragomez lawsuit. So, you know, me and Kathy did like a one-two punch. So he, he knew it was coming. Um, and that's where, you know, so up until that moment, I was basically just, you know, holding my breath, um, you know, one hand going forward, doing what we had to do. And then on the other hand, wishing it wasn't true. Yeah. You were actually there. Can you clarify Tom in the ding dong ditch? The story we heard on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, because you went on Juicy Scoop and you said that Tom really did drive off a cliff, even though it wasn't an actual cliff. And some people kind of were dragging you on Twitter for that. Can you clarify what happened during that accident and what you remember from that time? OK, so here's just what I know from <laughs> when it actually happened. Yeah. OK, all the stuff that's happened since, uh, you know. I just know I was told that Tom was in a wreck mm -hmm. by the house, the little hill, took a wrong turn. He broke his ankle and he wasn't going to go to this big whoop-de-doo function that he never, ever misses. Yeah. So that's all I was told, like, in the moment. Like, it was very downplayed, um, not a big deal made about it or anything like that. Um, and then later on, probably at least a year later... Um, every time I would meet with him, he would ask me certain things that he had asked me every time the time before. And I'm like thinking, what is going on? Yeah. Um, you know, on top of all the other creepy stuff that we're trying to manage, yeah. um, I'm picking up on that he does have some short term like memory problems or he did seem different to yeah. me. And, you know, being in the brain injury world in sports. I, I've been around a number of people. I have a brain injury. My son had CTE from football. So I'm going to probably notice it maybe even though no one's telling me about it. Yeah. So I do think that he had a brain injury. I later heard 
um, around the time that the LA Times was interviewing folks for the first big story that um, people then knew about the lost consciousness thing. No one had ever admitted that to me prior to that. Yeah, That was added new information. Um, so I do believe it because I feel like before they were trying to do an Alzheimer's, you know, thing or whatever it is, um, they didn't want people to think you had a brain injury. Right. So it made sense that they didn't tell everybody about that. And then now that they need Alzheimer's, oh, we'll <laughs> now, let the cat out of the bag now. now. I mean, nobody, <laughs> now we're not worried convenient. about a little brain damage, you know, at this point, um, because, you know, we're, we're going downhill quick for sure on purpose. So let's talk about your relationship with Kathy and Joe, who we know of as the Rui Gomez family. We saw them in Hulu's documentary, The Housewife and the Hustler. What's your connection to Kathy and how long have you guys known each other? So um, Kathy and I are childhood best friends. Uh, we met when we were three years old in 1972. So we've been friends for 49 years. Mm -hmm. So our 50 year anniversary is coming up pretty soon. Oh, my God. I love that. Um, September. Uh, so, um, yeah, we grew up across the street from each other initially, and then we moved and then they moved to our other street. So we were neighbors twice, not once, but twice as kids. Uh, and then when we were 10 years old, we did this blood sister thing, you know, where we poked our fingers and <laughs> took, did a pact and all of that. I brought our, um, oh little God, blood sister. This contract this is today. the original contract yeah so this is it was from 1980 um and this was my superman band-aid oh, because we didn't have super woman band-aids <laughs> um this was the little pin that we used to poke our fingers oh, i kept it and then this is the contract that literally like says you know my name kathy's name we had a little witness i guess i wanted two witnesses we could only <laughs> wrangle up one neighbor i guess um, but Kathy had her own copy, but hers burnt in the fire Aww. that PG&E caused. So we only have one copy now, but we've kept it. So September 30th, 1980. Um, so I always say I'm here by contractually binding agreement <laughs> or also as the best friend, <laughs> however you want to look at it. So as you're, you know, you have this working relationship with Tom and Girardi Keys, and you have your relationship with Kathy, and she's starting to dig up dirt on Tom. Was there a struggle of loyalty of like, okay, do I listen never. to my friend? Is no. she? There was never. Yeah, no, no. No, there's never any question of loyalty. The questioning was how to do it, being afraid. What do we do? I, you know, more of those kind of things. And also um, struggling to believe it. Yeah. Like even when we had the legit evidence, um, even when we had already been doing it, like sued him and whatever, like I still couldn't even say he stole the money out loud or something yeah. like that. Like it was just like. Too hard it, to believe. And Yeah. At first, I mean, it's like any grief process. Yeah. Like at first you don't believe it. Then you're really mad. Then you're sad. Then you think you can, you know, process it and then you start all over again. Yeah. And with this, because it's all being lived in the headlines every day, um, you know, it's a whole different scenario to see things that aren't true or to see, for example, like right now, most of the attention's been on Erica. Yeah. Um, which I find interesting for a number of reasons. I mean, for one, I obviously think it should be on the victims and the problem solving. And what are we going to do so this doesn't happen again? What about the people that helped Tom? Or yeah. how did he, well, how was he able to do this? Yeah. He didn't do it. Even if no one was directly aiding him and abetting him, like what system was allowing this right. to happen? And how many people were turning the other cheek? Right. And so, you know, why are we so fixated on... Erica and Ronald Richards was Ronald Richards brought in as like this red herring thing for everybody, you know, because to pay attention to. Well, well because housewives and I didn't know much about this until everything started imploding um, because I didn't watch a lot of TV. And so I hadn't seen um, any of the housewife, um, you know, episodes with Erica or, or the other ones. I mean, I've seen clips on Twitter and stuff like that, you know, like uh, pop culture type things, but I had never seen Watched it. So it. I didn't know um, how popular it was, um, how um, into it that the fans are too. Yeah. And so I do feel like the fans care a lot 
about the victims. And so if someone's saying that they're trying to help them, they're going to support that, give it volume. Well, I'm curious because I've found that a lot of fans like to say that they care about the victims, but they really just hate on Erica and they're using that talking point to just try to validate their hatred well, for probably her. Probably the loud ones. I mean, yeah. you know, the loudest people are like, always the most even, obnoxious Even when anyway. I post updates about like the Jay Edelson case with the hearing the other day, when I posted about that and some people were responding like, we don't care about that show anymore. Now we're focused on Jen Shaw because that's the housewife show that's airing. And I'm like, well, where was all of, like you were, everybody was so talking about the victims and now, you know, here you're so quick to dismiss all the Girardi stuff altogether. So is the priority still on the victims? Or I see so many people mm. wanting the IRS to come after Erica as some sort of vindication. And I'm like, but how does that help her pay the victims? So I well, under I feel like there's this desire to tear her down because she's the public figure. Whereas like with when, you know, I've talked to you, I'm like, but there are so many key players involved in this scandal and this scheme. She's the most high profile right. person right now. She's the most well known. So she's going to take the most heat, heat, which is, you know, on one hand, normal that, you know, the more you're well known, it's like people would say right. about like the brain injury issue in the NFL. How come the NFL gets so Cause they're the most popular sport. Right. You know, that's how it works. You yeah. get the most heat, but w whether they're responsible or not, for other issues and other sports, they get so much heat. So same thing um, for Erica. It's going to go the same thing for her. But I do always find it interesting that women, we we rarely tell women's stories. I mean, for example, like most people don't know who Mother's Day is really after and her story and that she lost multiple children and that she fought for child mortality rates to be lowered and, and that she's the inspiration for Mother's Day. Most yeah. people don't know that. They, they don't know that Martin Luther King's mother was shot sitting at her organ at her church not long after her, her son was killed. So we rarely know women's stories, but they get blamed for men's crimes all the time. <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, so I think Erica's an asshole. I say that all yeah. the time. People yeah. know that, but I also get pushed back because I don't think that it's her fault. Right. Okay. So, but we're talking about specifics. Do I think it's her fault the way she behaves? Yeah. Yes. That's There's her accountability. responsibility. Yeah. Her behavior. And any yeah. of her, uh, anything that she gets implicated on because of her own behavior, that's on her. Yeah. But she didn't own the law firm. She didn't write the checks. She didn't get clients. She just benefited from it all. Right. Just like any woman 30 years younger than her husband would in L.A. I mean, yeah. you know, so I, you know, I just find it hypocritical yeah. for us to go after her. And I'm not going to be responsible for inciting a crowd of people to go after her and cause any kind of issues with her mental health. Yeah. That's not that's not how I am. I, you know, for somebody who's dealt with a lot of families who've lost people to suicide. Mental health is a serious issue. We yeah. can't just say we care about it. And then we don't like somebody. We go tear them down and go, yeah. oh, wow. well, wow. I don't know why they're not doing well. Uh, you know, we just got a million people to go troll them on the Internet. Um, you know, so she didn't kill anybody. She didn't molest any kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, she is a jerk for not um, caring about the people who were really harmed and making it about her. Yeah. I mean, she's been very successful at making it about her. Her and Ronald Richards have been very successful at making the attention about them. I mean, look, we're talking about them right now. And I and I keep saying, like, <laughs> we should talk about, you know, the the. um you know, victims, right. we, we should say their names. I mean, you know, there were 9,000 clients on the books the day they shut the door at Girardi Keys. So I call those the orphan cases, yeah. meaning they're just sitting there with no home yeah. and they got shuffled to whatever. Well, lawsuits are like penny stocks. Anything that happens to them can make them be worth nothing or right. be worth a lot or change in value or if they could even go forward at all. So we don't even know what's happened to those 9,000 people. And they're all faceless, nameless and faceless people. And instead, the only names that are really known are attorneys and Erica. But those aren't the heroes. Those are the bad guys in the story. Yeah. So, you know, 
I agree. How are we going to turn that around? That's that's the million dollar question. So you so the Rui Gomez family was able to get their debt secured by the judge. And that's part of the reason they're at the front of the line in this bankruptcy case that we're now seeing play out with Elisa Miller, which Ronald Richards was part of. And now he's been fired from or, you know, as I like to say, he made a very housewives exit saying, you know, I'm parting ways mutually. I've decided okay, to step but let, down. But let's clear that up really quick, because let's <laughs> okay. just say it like this. So he says fairly, we'll say he says that they mutually agreed on it. Like he agreed with her. Yeah. OK, but what if he wouldn't agree? Oh, so you still would have been fired. Okay. All right. Never mind. All right. So that's all I'm trying to say. Like, just so ridiculous. I mean, come on. You know, just say it didn't work out. I mean, you know, and that's it. And all I am is shocked that it took that long because, frankly, it was all a circus from the get go and never made any sense. I mean, we've had dozens of filings in that case that had really no weight or bearing or was going to do anything to really help it just convoluted everything and was not helpful in in the long run all right i want to take a quick moment to tell you guys about one of my favorite secret weapons during the holiday season and that is pure cane i feel like everything this time of year is just doused in sugar which is why i love me some pure cane a zero calorie sweetener derived naturally from sugar cane so you don't even taste a difference and trust me it doesn't leave you with any of that nasty bitter aftertaste It's delicious, all natural, and super cute. You know I'm a sucker for marketing. It's perfect in cocktails. It's an easy substitute while baking. And it's great for just about any other way you can think of to sweeten up your holiday season. Plus, I hear they're running a Black Friday promo right now at purecane.com. So while you're shopping for everyone else, make a sweet choice for yourself. Head over to purecane.com right now. That's purecane.com right now. The Rui Gomez is at the top of the list along with, and I think this is what people After misunderstand. the legal lenders. Yeah. This is what people misunderstand. That's That was my issue with Ron was he would come out and be like, I'm fighting for the victims. I'm doing this on behalf of the victims. But I'm like, when you actually look at who's in line at the bankruptcy with the bankruptcy trustee and who's going to be getting payouts, the actual victims, which I define are former clients of Tom Girardi's that didn't get all of their settlement money. That's what I consider victims. But I think in Ron's head, anybody involved in that is considered a victim to him. But you and I know that those are banks and lenders and people that were pretty friendly. Yeah. There are a lot of different categories because you have, you know, the legal lenders or and to me, that's even different than regular banks that do normal business because the legal lenders is a whole nother show for a whole nother day, a whole nother, you know, topic. And then you have like vendors who were, you know, let's say they were doing court reporting or something for, um, you know, the law firm. And then you also have co-counsel and. Those aren't as a sympathetic group per se, but there are some stories like of like a guy who was an attorney that did a case with Tom that did really well and he never got a dime uh, and he worked on it. It was his case and the money was a significant amount, his part of the legal fees that he never got and it was his retirement. So he ended up, you know, um, leaving the legal profession at 78 years old with no retirement that Tom took. So even some of the lawyer stories are pretty sad, yeah. you know, too. If you hear the whole thing, you're like, oh, well, that's not exactly what I was expecting to hear about, like, a co-counsel. I mean, there was one that's owed, like, $25 million. So he sat around this big firm and just were missing $25 million and didn't set off any alarms. Like, right. maybe that alarm would have helped some people that, you know, hired him after that or, you know, may help me and Kathy know that we weren't losing our minds and that right. he really wasn't doing the right thing. Um, you know, so it's really weird how things are kind of all over the place where there are stories where it's like, how come they didn't do anything or, you know, people that their hands were tied. I mean, for an everyday person, who are you going to go to? I just, to me, I wonder about some of the lawyers that, knew somebody at the bar or knew politicians too, or had some connections. Uh, You know, my connections, most of them were either similar to Tom's or through Tom. So I was going to call one of Tom's friends and be like, Hey, 
Yeah, let me take Tom down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Tom's doing naughty things. I mean, what, what, uh, you know, what, what was the evidence that you guys, if you can even talk about it, what was the evidence that you guys were able to rally together to prove that he had not been paying the settlement money and was, had kept it for himself and was spending it? So these were just different documents that we were able to put together a from all the things that Kathy had, you know, so some pieces and then we got some missing pieces um, when she got divorced and through some communications later with Tom, including um, to NBC in the Bay Area after the lawsuit was filed, as well as his deposition um, in their case. Um, one of the things that I try to point out to people because it's not common knowledge, but I know and I want other people to know is that, you know, in the clip of Tom's deposition in The Housewife and the Hustler, right before that clip, he admits that he can't borrow anymore from the legal lenders because of the Rogomez's lawsuit. So that's really ground zero. Um, it's just not well known that that's right. the moment where the rubber met the road, where Tom couldn't borrow money. And he didn't say, like, I don't have any money to pay the Rogomezes or any of the other people I owe money to because of COVID. Yeah. He said, because I can't get money from the legal lenders because of this damn lawsuit, this horrible lawsuit from the Rogomezes. You know, he was mad. But, you know, so he had this. He was mad that he finally got caught. He had attitude that he could no longer, you know, borrow money to pay back somebody that he had already spent their stuff, which is obviously bass backwards and not what you're supposed to be. Um, doing so, you know, that was domino number one. Yeah. And then you have, um, you know, uh, later on, then you have um, Erica, you know, filing for divorce. Yeah. And Which then you have Edelson. Edelson. Yeah. Right. So and, and, you know, and then the L.A. Times article and then so on and so forth. So the behind the scenes real stuff that was happening where we knew it was sort of all going to implode was him admitting at the money really was gone. So yeah. we knew it was all going to go nuts. I mean, and the biggest proof that Erica was a gold digger or transactional with Tom from the beginning is the fact that she left as soon as the money was gone yeah, and not a minute sooner. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not mad about it. I, I never was even when other people looked down on her, but it is what it is. Yeah. And, and I also say, you know, I do think that they had feelings for each other and there was love there. You're, you don't spend 20 plus years of your life right. with anybody as a friend, a lover, a partner, a partner in crime, however you want to look right. at it or all the above, maybe, um, you know, and not have like genuine attachment okay, yeah. and feeling and things like that. So I, you know, wouldn't belittle it to, to that. Um, I mean, I was always amazed how he talked about her even. Yeah. And I used to say, like, even if this is fake, like, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. You know, it was like, pretty it was very actor. convincing, you know, like every time I would meet with him, he would be bringing her home a snack or so he would Aww. say, like, now I question if anything Now was he was true. just bringing himself home a, a snack. snack. <laughs> yeah, but he was always taking her home um, chicken wings. So I don't mm. know, if, that, like I said, I don't know if that's really true. I don't know if this is her favorite thing, really. But he would take them home from the Jonathan Club. Do you think her. they had a blood contract? No. <laughs> I mean, they had something in blood, probably. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was a friendship, loyalty, um, be there for you till the end contract. But I mean, maybe because yeah, it does feel like Tom is still there for her. Yeah. I don't know if it seems like that to anybody else. Yeah. And I feel like he's most definitely, um, you know playing a role in all of this and how she's handling it. I, I, or maybe I keep blaming it on him that she's behaving in the way that shits. Cause she's not mad at him. She's mad at everybody, but Tom. Yeah. Like, why aren't you pissed at him? He's the one who did this and it was horribly wrong. I mean, it, what's worse than this? I know what's worse than stealing from widows, orphans, burn victims, people with cancer, people who've lost children. We don't even have a name for, parents who lose their kids because it's so horrible there's not even a name for it in our society and he stole money and and robbed people of justice uh, yeah. you know one of the things that people come after me on twitter you know is that i'm not a victim um my son's case just got thrown out for the third time since i fired tom mm. <laughs> you know i 
sure we can have a barroom argument about it that um my case would have got you know thrown out since it's the first yeah. case of its type in federal court for youth football uh you know it, it's not an unfair argument to say that that you know case number one for tobacco or asbestos or Monsanto's, right. you know, uh, current issues or like talcum powder, all those case number ones lost, by the way. Um, but that was one of the great things about, you know, having Tom is that it wasn't likely that we were going to lose with him because he rarely lost, you know. So uh, how is not getting a shot at a trial to fight for my son? Not, not a victim. Yeah. That doesn't qualify as a victim. I mean, whatever. I know I'm other roles. That's not a secret. Yeah. I was the first person who worked close with him and one of the few people to this day to ever speak publicly. And it's because, I, you know, I find it disgusting, horrifying, sickening, all that stuff. And I won't sit back and pretend like it didn't happen. Right. And that I'm not ashamed to have been anywhere near it, a part of it, or even know it existed. Where does the payout currently like what timeline wise, is there a payout for the Rui Gomez family coming soon? Because we now know they auctioned everything off at Girardi Keys. They're trying to sell the house. There's money that's coming into the pot. And I've heard that Elisa Miller is negotiating some settlements. So so the Rui Gomez has recently got uh, one distribution from the La Quinta house selling. Um, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, so I don't want to say the wrong numbers, yeah. but. I will say this, people would be shocked that it sold for 1.2 million and they, you know, what they received was nothing like what you would expect. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens in bankruptcies. This is why yeah. when Edelson filed the case in Chicago, it was basically a sad day for everyone who had been fighting to sort of salvage what was left of Tom's assets, which were primarily the cases on the books. Yeah. That's what he had that was worth anything. He yeah. had already taken loans out on every property right. he had already like spent well, every when you look at because even dollar he could get his hands on at that point because at this point the strategy is going after money that's already been spent and trying to get it back well into and to collect the assets meaning right. you know and make sure those cases stayed strong right. so that those people didn't get victimized twice right and so that there would be more money to pay back the people who had been stolen from so once that case in Chicago happened, I mean, there was a number of things we knew were going to happen. We knew that there would be a bankruptcy. It was inevitable. Um, for one, I mean, it's in Chicago and the yeah. issues here in L.A. And there's thousands of people here in California with problems with Tom. So we knew that, you know, there would end up being a bankruptcy here in California that would, you know, sort of steer the ship, so to speak. So you're um, not a fan of Jay Edelson and his pursuit in Chicago of suing Erica directly. And he's also bringing in Lyra and, and, and Griffin, right? Right. Um, well, I mean, I, I know who Jay is because of cases that he's done um, with college football um, families. And, you know, I, I would no way put him in the same category with old uh, Ronald Richards or anything like that. Um <laughs> But I don't personally really know him or, yeah. or anything. It just my my um, perspective on the case being filed is that it just created havoc for the process. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to fully put it on him or critique him yeah. because it was a mess. Yeah. The, the whole thing was a big mess. Um, you know, it just wasn't going to be good. And I knew him filing would set off the media it would be our lives would never be normal again this would not be something that just you know people involved knew about or a handful of you know bloggers from the bravo world did um mention the Ragomas case a couple of times but because we didn't sue erica and because we didn't do certain things on purpose because um the Ragomas didn't deserve to be yeah. Um, put into the spotlight, really thrown out to the wolves again. I mean, they had already been swimming with sharks for 10 years with Tom. Like, you know, we really didn't want to do that um, to them as a family. They'd been through enough. So we were strategically doing some of those things to keep things as calm as possible um, and to focus on the task at hand, which was to get Tom 
you know, from practicing law and right. being able to do this anymore. That was one. Securing the assets so people that were stolen from could get their money back, you know, and trying to figure out how we did this so we could stop it from happening. You know, again, it's not heroic to go after somebody if the people around them just keep doing it. Yeah. It's like, whoop de doo Because then, yeah, you one person gets a slap on the wrist. They set the example, but everyone else gets to hide and and keep up what they're doing because they let Tom be the example. And it's like we took down the giant when in reality, and you think that there's a much bigger scheme that's going on here, right? I mean, I, it just, it, this is like the Bernie Madoff of the millennial generation yeah. um, in, a, in the legal, you know, in the legal world. So I just don't see, so he operated in a vacuum. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not saying I have all the answers yeah. or that, you know, I'm going to sit here and point the finger at everybody. I mean, my first question is the California bar. I mean, yeah. 50 years of complaints, um, you know, and Lawsuits. yeah, it just doesn't seem like um, that anybody's paying any attention. It's ironic to me that plaintiff attorneys are constantly suing companies and making these arguments about self-regulation and how it doesn't work well yeah no shit it doesn't work for lawyers either so that seems to be um a big deal and one of the things that's a red flag which is sort of symbolic right now in pop culture red flag red flag i see a lot of yeah a lot of that going on you know where are the lawyers in L.A. that are literally standing up with the banner saying, we're here for the victims. We're here to make sure this doesn't happen again. We have integrity. We, this is what we do. This is what we're willing to do. This is how we care about victims. This is what the system should look like. This is what went wrong. We're going to fix it. I mean, I just don't really hear a word. Uh, you know, you hear an occasional quote. Once in a while, some, you know, bigger media outlet will wrangle a lawyer, but they just say kind of quotes about how Tom did this or who Tom was right. or how they knew how famous he was or whatever. So they could tell their friends like, hey, I talked about Tom and, you know, this thing or whatever. Yeah. But I don't hear them having any kind of platform of how are they going to do something to make sure that this isn't an industry issue right and that there are i mean i have gotten calls about other victims who thought that they didn't get the right amount in their settlement so it's not like the Regomez's are the first ones and i right. mean with other law firms not tom meaning so and oftentimes it's looked at that you know it's complicated and maybe someone doesn't understand and once in a while um, I am given all the pieces and able to explain to the person. And then they're like, oh, oh, yeah. And everything is what it is. And it all adds up. But there are the problem is when people come to me and they don't have enough pieces to the puzzle. I can't prove they did or didn't. Right. Because they're not given enough to figure it out for themselves. And is that on purpose? Is that an accident that they don't have enough pieces to prove that they were given the right amount or not? That's that what that's what Kathy and her family was up against. Yeah. Is not having enough pieces of the puzzle for a while to be able to say okay, yay or nay, this is a crisis or no it's not. Um and what do you do? It's your word against a powerful attorney. With a lot of connections, with the governor in his pocket, with the California state bar that he's donating money to every year in his pocket. And you know, and Tom is, you know, uh, like higher echelon, but I mean, even everyday lawyers have this kind of influence over a yeah. client because if they don't have the pieces to the, what, what are, they're just going to feel, I mean, it's basically gaslighting them. Yeah. They're just going to feel like, what can we do? Yeah. Well, because they also don't know the inner workings of the law and I'm sure lawyers can find their way around convincing them of how to do certain right. things because they're the ones that are the experts and they're giving you advice on what they think you should do. And it's the unfortunate part. You know, you see all these stories start to come out where these clients were ripped off or they feel like they weren't given their proper justice in court. And then you see lawyers like Tom that are just profiting off of all of this. I mean, lots of victims had said that they, you know, um, either like their case got thrown out or Tom settled it and they didn't want it settled or they didn't get all their money. 
but nobody had ever won or yeah. anything. Nothing had ever come out. Either it was a settlement that was kept quiet and no one knew the, the real outcome um, or it got thrown out. What were your thoughts of The Housewife and The Hustler? Because I know there was a lot of you guys were in The Housewife and The Hustler there was a lot of talk about it when it came out. Now Hulu is doing or ABC is doing uh, another one about Jen Shaw that's coming out. Um, well, Were you happy with it? Were you surprised by some of the characters in it? Um, well, we were surprised. Um, meaning me and Kathy and, and Joe and Jamie. Um, uh, some of the people that were in it. Um, you know, after watching it, you know, more than the first time where you're kind of in shock seeing the whole thing in its entirety, the first time was really a lot to take in. Um, like I, I get the Danielle thing because of them working together. (laughs) Like, I think it's kind of funny. I mean, I know that. Did they really work together or was that that something that she was alluding to? No, they both worked there at one time. I don't believe it was. I think they were ships passing in the night, like in the same era. But I do not believe at the same time. But yeah, they did work at the exact same Jersey strip club. And, you know, if you've ever, uh, you know, even seen that part of Jersey and know where that is. I mean, it is kind of funny. Yeah. The connection for that. So and it's not like she does a dissertation on Erica. Like it's a couple of quotes. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. and it's a documentary. Yeah. So nobody's getting paid to be in this. So you're not going to get Lisa Vanderpump to sit down yeah. and do a documentary interview for free and take up, you know, her day because, you know, she's going to have to block out time for hair and makeup da yeah. da, 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 and all of that. And she's not going to do all that for a documentary that really what's it in it for her or any of the, um, you know, nice. housewives that really have a big following still like. They don't need to get, and it was so early on too. People have to realize that thing was filmed in 90 days, very early on where most people didn't know much about what was going on and right. maybe didn't know how it was going to turn out and if it was going to be salacious. People didn't know it was going to be about the victims, um, you know, which leads me to the you know real part. I do think they made it about the victims. Yeah. I'm happy about that. I think that, you know, Joe Ragomez did an excellent job, which I wasn't surprised about. And, you know, um, glad that they were um, respectful of Joe's story. Right. And that's all that really, to me, that mattered in the end was, you know, that they were respectful of his story and losing the love of his life and going through everything he goes through. And the fact that he does. Um, you know, he can look in the mirror every day and see those scars and still, um, not feel sad or not look, you know, look at the world in a horrible way and still see the world as a great and beautiful place. And we all should be more like Joe and less like Dom and Erica. So that's that's the lesson of housewife and the hustlers be like Joe, you know, or you know, be like Kathy, you know, as far as like being a friend, you know, and and I think that's part of the irony of the story, too, is that you have these phony friendships yeah. or what appear to be backstabbing friendships on housewives. And in the middle of this huge, you know, horrible story is a friendship of almost 50 years that's, you know, like Yaya sisterhood or <laughs> beaches or whatever. I mean, right, you know, right, right. we've been through her son's you know, horrific injuries, my son's death and all the other things of, you know, life's, uh, you know, ups and downs and and all of that. I mean, we were pregnant with Joseph and Paul at the same time. Mm-hmm. They were born, you know, in the same uh, year. So, you know, um, there's always good stuff in the midst of um, tragedy. So I thought they did a good job and I. The other victims that were in it, Josie, I, I could hardly watch her story. You know, um, it's heartbreaking to um, see what she went through and then to be dismissed and lied to and gaslit and then not given your little petty ass settlement in the first place. Yeah. You know, something that affects your motherhood and your 
you know, um, sexuality and feeling sexy for your husband. That sucks. Yeah. Um, sorry, that's a shitty injury. <laughs> and then you get screwed and don't get I your know. whopping hundred grand. I mean, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, and then you can't hear about the air crash families and know the tragedy yeah. of um, you know, them losing all their loved ones like that and seeing the clothes and shoes on the ground after the crash and then thinking that you know tom and erica scooped up that money and spent it <laughs> it's ridiculous so uh, you know um they did a good job of highlighting the victims i don't know about this jen shaw thing i'm trying to hold <laughs> my um tongue for it i kind of saw the little trailer i couldn't really even listen to it because yeah it feels weird that so we thought we were doing a story really about the victims and Joe. And now is it going to be a series about crimes and housewives instead? I don't know. And I, I don't know the answer to that, but yeah. I'm just, so I'm talking out loud, which is going to probably get me in trouble, but whatever. <laughs> I'm I, always listen, in trouble. So it's hashtag like, no filter. It. If there's anybody that's going to be getting in trouble with you, I, we're partners in crime at this point. So I'm just saying like, so I don't know, like I'm, I, these are my things that I'm wondering like, Oh God, is this going to be gross? I, you know, I don't know. Again, if it's really good and it like highlights the victims and it it comes out positive, but it's I'm tough. Hoping, it seems like, yeah. you know, it's become is, so sensationalized at this point. Well, right. Do they think that the ratings from the housewife and the hustler, which did very, very well, um, by the way, I mean, it had like a 98 percent watch through rate. Yeah. Many people watched it to the end, which is crazy for streaming. Um, and so I guess we'll find out. Is it because of Bravo and the Bravo Probably. Fans, which is, I mean, you guys are, <laughs> I don't know. So it like, blows crazy. me away. Like, well, I always say like, you know, if you want to know something, ask moms. But now yeah. I should say, maybe you should ask like Bravo fan moms. <laughs> because I'm serious. Yeah. Like, it's it's uh, been very eye-opening to, um, you know, see some of the bloggers and podcasts and fan groups and stuff like that and how intense it is like my yeah. daughters told me it's like fantasy football it really is um you know but for a whole another segment of the population and so i agree they were that was a good explanation early on to try to get me to yes understand the vastness of what i was walking into i know and, had, I know. and really had no idea i mean in the housewife and the hustler you see me and kathy watching erica in her first episode that's the first time i'd ever seen um the housewives like yeah. ever as like a sit down watching we watch the whole 30 minutes and so at, it's almost towards the end when i make that comment that i need therapy i mean it was yeah. hard to watch her talking about how horrible it'd be to be poor yeah how about burned and poor <laughs> how about an orphan and poor how about you know like you can't help but think all those things like yeah. and i realized that it was filmed in a different time yeah. but we still don't know when she knew. Yeah. You know, when did Erica know? We know she knows now. We know she knows at least when she got subpoenaed for the Ragomez case in 2020 over and over. I mean, there's video footage of her being served. So we know she specifically knew at yeah. that time. Um, but we don't know before that, like, you know, what she knew. Yeah. Um, so that's still to find out. I mean, when the tell-all book comes out, I'm going to be right there highlighting the pages. I'll tell you that. So you think that I think Ronald Richards will have a podcast. Um, oh, which, I hope not. Oh, yeah. Heather McDonald said that. <laughs> and I 100 oh, percent agree that he'll have a podcast in two seconds. And Erica Jane will have a tell-all book. Yeah, most certainly. That's so those are those are hot uh, on the the future list of Girardi related spinoffs. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, so obviously, Erica is the point of focus for a lot of people. Um, we saw the victims become highlighted in Hulu in the Hulu documentary. What do you where else do you think our attention should really be? Because right now I feel like everyone is focusing on Erica because, like you said, she is the public figure here. Tom, I feel like most people have kind of just like given up on that because he's in an old folks home and he has dementia. Well, so for today, just because it's really hard to have a lot of things thrown at people, yeah. it's better to sort of like one step at a time. 
I would say the next person that would make the most sense to me that people should keep an eye on is Chris Camone, the mm. bookkeeper guy who, you know, wrote the checks and who's shit. Who's pleading the fifth right now. Who's pleading the fifth. He's yeah, hiding. He's that is key. So, and who also just sold this like $3 million house. Like how'd that dude get a $3 million house when he's a bookkeeper? Like he's not even a CPA. So how did he, you know, I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say is, you know, how Tom couldn't do what he did period to have a business without a bookkeeper. Yeah. So who was doing his books, you know, and helping him. Um, and even like his assistants, like Tom didn't do emails. So they had to send all these emails telling people like Josie, Hey, your money's coming someday lady, you know, or even the Ragomez's. Yeah. They knew every stupid lie that guy said. He wasn't said on his phone writing. typing all the, you right. know. Right, he didn't do that. He wasn't, you know, those, because you'll see it on the bottom of each letter. Like me and Kathy have lots of original letters. Other victims have shown them too. But you'll see the initials of whether it was Shirlene or Kim, because you'll see their initials at the bottom. And that's uh... how you initial a letter if it's dictated to you. So it's dictated by to you. So Got it's that. It. So be Tom G slash, you know, whoever, you know, is being dictated to. So you can see that they're the ones typing the letter. So mm. those two ladies knew every lie he told in writing, which had to be an abundance of those because we've already seen a bunch of them already. Um, imagine what we didn't know about that just happened, you know. Yeah. Day to day to day. So there's that. Uh, so those would be the, you know, that was like core folks, you know, right around him that um, his, I mean, Shirlene was there, I think, 40 something years, 43, years, like a long time, forever. I mean, I used to call Girardi Keys Hotel, California. You know, once you check in, you never check out. <laughs> I originally thought that because it was so cool. Yeah. You know, they brought the In-N-Out Burger truck for Fourth of July, you know, like to, yeah. They did all these cool parties and things and, you know, there was always something, you know, going on and you thought there was all this good being done in the world as a result of the work and all of that. And so, you know, I thought in the beginning it was all for good things. I later found out, I mean, I guess you got to keep all the people there. Yeah. If you're doing this creepy stuff. Because they know I where mean, the bodies are hidden. Yeah. The receptionist was there forever, too. I mean, she left literally months before the doors closed and she had been there again. Same thing as Charlene, like 40 some odd years, wow. forever. So the person answering the phone and the person that's, you know, doing your emails has been there almost since the dawn of time, since the naughtiness, you know, began. So, so they know something. Yeah. I mean, they I'm have sure to. they'll plead the fifth. Oh, They're yeah. all going to have to. That's really what everybody's doing at this point. Wow. Yeah, wow. Who's wow. not wow. pleading the fifth? Erica. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> nice tit, stupid bitch. She's telling all the. I mean, I don't know though. Her role is so crystal clear. Maybe yeah. she feels, you know, so solid. Besides yeah. her number one cheerleader, Michael Rappaport. Yeah. Um. You know, she she just feels like, hey, <laughs> I am the gold digger. I'm gonna play my Anna my Nichols, role, yeah. you know, Smith role. And ride that out. And She's like, I was dropping cyanide in his oatmeal every day. I was expecting this to end. This is not really how soon. I planned this ending. Well, just think about it. Had she left five years ago? Yeah. Like, let's say, you know, just like she'd figured out some years ago about the affair, supposedly. Um, how come she didn't figure out this and leave? If she'd have left five years ago, she wouldn't be, you know, getting wrangled yeah. into the bankruptcy like she is as the ex-wife of five years ago. Like right. she would have been off into the sunset onto the next sugar daddy with one foot in the grave yeah. and the other on a banana peel. And maybe that guy wouldn't have been robbing everybody. It would have worked out, you know, better for her. So yeah. it, her biggest mistake was not leaving soon enough. So, you know, sometimes you got to know when to hold them and know when to hold them. So <laughs> she rode that wave too long. Yeah. Now, that's and certainly came, her, and now her sure biggest crime. Down on her. Yeah. At this point, that's her biggest mistake that yeah. she made was, you know, sticking around. And then if she did help him or know in some way and that comes out later, I mean, that's going to obviously be a, a big problem for her. Yeah. It makes you wonder, though, that she did the show, that she really wasn't. I mean. 
she probably did a good job of playing, you know, hear no evil, see no evil. Yeah. I don't know shit. I mean, really? I think she was good at not just playing it, but just being like, I don't want to know. Because if yeah. I know, then I know. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me if she went That's kind hard of what on I that. Always like, think, hey, is like, I draw the line I'm of wanting to know. Stick like, my head in the sand. I, don't know. I know he's a shark, but I, you know. Right. She knew he was a shark. I mean, I don't know. You, you think about it like this. It's like being married to somebody who's the head of the mafia. Yeah. Come on. You got to know. Want, yeah. You got to know something's going on because yeah. you're you the first questions. lady yeah. of the mafia or whatever. So you've got to know to some degree. But, you know, at this point, only she knows what things she actually knew. Yeah. And she could have very well coming into it at a young age stayed out of it. Yeah. Meaning any of the real nuts and bolts, which we'll see. We'll see if she's more. Southern Belle, Atlanta, Georgia, or New Jersey stripper in the end. You know, which one was she? We'll find out, you know, uh, we'll if see. she's New Jersey stripper, maybe uh, she kept her nose out of it. You never know. That's the way to do it. Thank you, Kimberly, for coming on the show today and chatting with me and breaking down all of this Girardi embezzlement scandal mess. You know, I think you're right. The victims need to be put front and center a lot more. Their stories need to be told a lot more. We need to be hearing from them. I think a lot of them, you know, I think it's it's very honorable for you guys to come out and talk about your experience because I feel like a lot of victims are like, I don't want to share. Like, I don't want to be in the spotlight. This is not what I signed up for. Yeah, it's not super comfortable. Yeah. Um, as much as people want to think that it's some kind of, um, like prize for us. It was a really big decision to do. Yeah. Hulu, I wasn't particularly um, wanting to do it initially um, just because, again, it was like once it's out there, it's out there. There's no reeling it back in. Um, you Everybody know, knows who you are. Everyone's going to have questions. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a lot to be bombarded with all the time. Um, even just like we want people to reach out to us so that everyone can be connected together. But it's also really hard to hear the stories um, daily. And sometimes we can't fix their problems yeah. because they're too hard to fix or there isn't a way to fix them. Yeah. Um, or it takes time. And in the interim, you're feeling their pain because we're empathetic to what they're going through. And we understand, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that happens in the day to day in the Girardi bankruptcy that are not in the headlines and don't make it to Twitter. Well, where can people follow you if they want to keep up with you on Twitter? Um, so I'm Kimberly Archie on Twitter and Cheer Safety on Instagram. And Twitter's really where we talk about, I mean, you know, Instagram's like, you know, selfies and food. Yeah. I don't know. I still really know what Instagram <laughs> <laughs> and is there anywhere else that uh it's the vanity social media it really is or whatever i guess I that's and what I social like media is now too so I'm, i think it's totally cool i'm just not really sure what it's for twitter i get twitter's yeah. like arguing in a bar but online <laughs> and media follow it and trends happen there and so you, you know you, you can watch the news on there too yes <laughs> kind of I love it. Is there any other resource that you want to plug or anything you want you want to direct people to after listening to this? Um, well, um, they can go to GirardiFraud.com. Um, we have an 800 number there, too, to reach out to me or Kathy um, if you want to connect with other folks that are similar situated in the Girardi mess. Um, and, you know, if you haven't filed a claim with the bankruptcy and you have a claim, there's a deadline coming in January, so definitely do that if you have any questions or, you know, need help. Um, you know, we help people through that process. There's, you know, um, paperwork for them to fill out and proof of claim, you know, also needed too. So there you go. Thank you guys for listening to hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can give me a follow at just plain Zach. Follow the show at no filter with Zach and be sure to stock up on some housewives watching wine. 
nofilterwine.com. If you're going to be watching Jen Shaw in the upcoming Hulu documentary, then you're going to want to stock up because I'm pretty sure, like me, you're going to be screaming at the TV as we're watching that documentary. Um, please go and support Kimberly. Give her a follow on social media. Go to GirardiFraud.com if you do want to connect with Kimberly or, you know, you want help filing a claim against Girardi Keese and Tom Girardi. There is still time. There are still things that we can all do by highlighting these stories, amplifying, you know, stories like the Rui Gomez family and continuing to hold these people accountable. And that's what we have to do. So please continue to do that. I'm sure you'll continue to drag me on Twitter. But while you're there, at least give me a follow. It just lines up. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag New Fields with Zach Peter. If you're listening to this on iTunes, please give me a five-star review because I love that validation. I am a millennial. I do bleach my hair. I get Botox. I need validation. So please validate me with five stars. All right, guys. Until next time, I'm going to go spill some more tea with Kimberly.